Uh, we're talking today for a couple of minutes about finding our hope in God's faithfulness. What a, what a beautiful attribute of God to discuss on this first Sunday of Advent as we wait for the coming of Christ in our lives to talk about God's faithfulness. In 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, starting with verse 16, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you, or the God who calls you is faithful. God will do it. The one who calls us is faithful. God will do it. We are, we are not only invited to a life of faithfulness personally, but we can count on the faithfulness of God. On this first Sunday in Advent, we're invited to hope in the faithfulness of God. So to be faithful, a couple of uh, statements of definition around faithful is, first of all, to have a firm assurance to prom- adherence to promises. Firm in adherence to promises. Another one is to be given with a strong assurance. And then when we think about God, to be true to the facts or true to a standard. That to be faithful are all of these things and so much more. So when really, in a nutshell, when we're, when we're invited to consider God's faithfulness in our lives, there is this invitation that's implied even in this scripture for us to grow. I think we all have space to grow. We, we think about the faithfulness of God. There's a space for us to grow in our confidence. The first thing we can grow in is in relationship. Have you ever thought about wanting to increase your faith? Like, I want to increase my faith in God's faithfulness, for instance. What do you do with that? You just can't, like, click your heels and say, I want more faith in God's faithfulness. I want to believe in God's faithfulness more. What we need to do is we need to grow in our relationship with God. It's not not like we can just wish it upon ourselves. First of all, when we grow in relationship, when we grow in faith, when we grow in understanding and paying attention to God, it's in that that we begin to adhere and understand and live into and increase in our faith in God's faithfulness. Claire and I, next year, will be married 40 years And I think about my relationship with Claire and our relationship together, and it's been this beautiful journey of growing together. And in that relationship, there are levels of trust that have grown and developed. In the first few years, we thought we were knocking it out of the park in in trust and faith toward one another. But after 40 years, it's like you're finishing one another's sentence. The invitation is to grow in relationship with God. One author puts it this way, never try to have more faith, just get to know God better. And because God is faithful, the more you know God, the more you will trust God. 
So when we consider God's faithfulness, I don't know about you, but I think I know about you generally, we want to we embrace the faithfulness of God even more than we do now. So the way that we do that is not just simply to try to have more faith in God's faithfulness, not to believe it more, but simply to know God better because God is faithful. And God can never lie, and God never will lie to us. God will always be true to his promises in our life. The second way we grow is we're called to grow in understanding. I love how it says here in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says, The God who calls is faithful. God will do it. Now, the stretch for us when it comes to understanding the faithfulness of God is we look around us at one another, and the truth is, is those of us that are most faithful still don't even come close to comparing to the faithfulness of God. See, God's attributes are not pieces or characteristics. Like, the faithfulness of God is not like a piece of God. It's not just a characteristic of God. In and of itself, it's an aspect of a perfect whole. The faithfulness of God comes when, when Paul says here that you can trust in the faithfulness of God. What he's really saying is every promise, every characteristic, as you go through Advent, kids, and you and families, and you go through those names that uh, Stacy has provided, those characteristics and aspects of God, know this, that all of those things are brought together in the faithfulness of God. It's all present. See, to see the attributes, it's necessary to understand, like the attribute of faithfulness, to understand that there is this perfect balance. There is this harmonious balance of a whole. Think about the facet in a diamond. The, fa- the faithfulness of God is like the facet in a diamond. The diamond, if it were perfect, it's just one facet of this perfection. So when Paul here says that perfection or faithfulness comes to the table, what he's saying is every promise is yes and amen. Every goodness of God comes to the table. See, when we think about humans, when we look at one another, we know that we all lack, like we say, accentuate the positive, pay attention to your gifts and your strengths, and that's good. But we we say that knowing that there's a lack in us. But with God, there's no lack. God's faithfulness is full and complete. When I used to play baseball, they used to say, and they still do, they say the the greatest baseball players are what is called five-tool baseball players. It speaks to a baseball player that has speed, can throw well, can field well, can hit with average, and hit with power. Most of the Hall of Fame of baseball is filled with people that are not five-tool players because to be a five-tool player is almost to be a complete, fully complete baseball player. We accept the fact that there's some lack in our humanity. But what's being said here is there's no lack in God. There is no lack in God's faithfulness. The one that promised is faithful. God will do it. See, we say things like, well, he's peaceful, but he's not productive. Or he's courageous, but that person's not so, not so patient. Or she's a good employee, but she's not such a good parent. Things like that. And we know that there's these places for growth. But what is being said here and what we're being encouraged to understand is God is not like us. We, we're trying to pursue that, but God isn't like that. There is no lack in God. There is a soundness. Faithfulness describes a soundness. 
There is no attribute of God that contradicts or falls short. They harmonize and blend in perfection. God is never unsure. God is never unstable. God never fails. See, the trouble arises in us when we try to make God in our own human image instead of trying to be made in God's image. We overemphasize certain truths about God while we obscure what is equally true. That's how we might be, and that becomes a problem for us. So there's certain truths about God, certain facets or aspects that we may say, for instance, like God is love. But then you may say, some people may say God is love, but then kind of soften on the fact that God is also just fully. He's perfect in his justice. Or we may say God is holy, but then appear to make it contradict by saying that God is good in some lesser way or paying less attention to that? Or how about God is compassionate and cancel out somehow that God is truth? But God is present fully in all things, faithful in all things. The God that promises is faithful. We can trust that. We can trust that when God says, I will appear, I will be present That God is faithful to that fully, perfect in faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is at the center of all that is true of God. God is sound. God is stable. God is lacking in nothing. And you and I, therefore, can fully, fully, fully count on God. And we're invited to grow As we grow in patience or as we grow in in faithfulness, we're invited to grow in practice. I heard a story years ago about these two high school guys that uh, were going to go out fishing. The one uh, young man, his name was Jeff, and Jeff had purchased this boat. And it wasn't anything fancy, but he wanted to go out fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, They went to a dock. And as they were getting ready to go fishing, there was a guy that was in charge of the dock, and they had heard about this spot uh, near these gas wells out in the water. And and Jeff described to him, this is supposed to be a great spot. And the guy says, yeah, I've heard about that. It's a great fishing spot. He said, my only concern is, how do I get back? How do I make sure I get back? I don't have all the equipment with GPS and that. And he said, well, you just... Make sure that you head north. Just go due north. If you're anywhere near that gas well you're talking about out in the ocean, you just go due north and you'll make it back. So off they went, Jeff and his buddy Brett. And they were excited as they were out there fishing. And sure enough, they started catching all kinds of fish. And in the midst of the excitement, they weren't paying a lot of attention to the fog that started to roll in. And not only did the fog start to roll in, but it started to get dark. So in the midst of the darkness and the fog, they realized suddenly that they were caught off guard. And um, Jeff started to think, we got to go back. And he, he started to look around and the fog was so thick, there was no way to see any lights or anything anywhere. So he kind of used his logic, and he thought, I've got to go in that direction. We're going to go in that direction. And he asked his friend Brent, what do you think? And his friend Brent said, well, I kind of think that I'm almost positive we're supposed to go in that direction. And they started to have, like, this tension around that. And then Jeff remembered that the guy at the dock had told them, just go north. Go true north. And he grabbed a compass out of his pocket, and he looked at the compass, and sure enough, 
True North was in a totally different direction than they were going to go in. They were both certain, they were positive about the direction that they thought. But the compass set a different way. And all Jeff could think about was the voice of that dock master saying, go true north. So they took off and they started to go and they were going really slow. It took them about an hour to get out there, but they were only going a few miles an hour to go back because of the fog and not knowing, couldn't see anything. And after about a half hour, they really started to get anxious and they started to feel everything about it in their emotions, in their thoughts, and in their, in their logic. They started to think this is not the right way. And an hour passed and nothing. They hadn't seen anything. And they weren't, they weren't thinking they were going in the right direction. But Jeff was holding to the voice that said, go true north. Hour and a half passes. And finally... They get to this place where they see nothing and they're both starting to get anxious and Brent starts to yell at Jeff and say, I told you we shouldn't have come this way. You are taking me out into the middle of the ocean and we're going to run out of gas in this small boat and who knows what's about to happen to us. You ever have that? You ever have that where the fog sets in? It rolls in and you figured you should have already arrived safely at what you were hoping for, the promise you thought was there for you maybe in your health or your, your career or in your finances or in your relational world. And it's just everything about it is not feeling right. But you're trying to stay confident in God's faithfulness, but you feel like for some reason maybe you've just made the wrong choice in trusting in God's faithfulness. So finally, Brent starts demanding we have to turn around, we have to turn around, and Jeff in spite of all that he thought, in spite of all that he felt, in spite of what he sensed in his gut, he could not get out of his mind the fact that that guy just said, just go true north. And sure enough, right about the time both of them were ready to give up, there was a light in the distance, and it was the dock that they were headed for. There was this faint view, and it became clear, and they, of course, welled up with this deep excitement. Because there was a promise, just go true north. Now, men and women, we can let one another down, but God never lets us down. God is faithful. We can hope in the faithfulness of God. God is always true. When God promises something to us, when God brings something our way, the things that God speaks to us through his word, through that sense that he gives us, you can trust that. You can trust that more than you can trust your own emotions and your thoughts, that you can lean into that. You and I can hope in the faithfulness of God, not only in this season, not only on this first Sunday of Advent, but in all the moments and days of our life. So let's pray together. And even as we are um, in this Sunday, God, where we're encouraged to watch and to stay awake and to stay alert and to remain faithful, to keep our eyes lifted up and to keep moving in your direction. May we keep our eyes set on you. See the King of glory coming on the clouds with fire. The whole earth shakes 
we pray that this be a day that we woke up, that we could actually see your arrival in our lives, and that we could actually hope between the now and the not yet, that we would be living in this kind of new faithfulness, that as you pour it into our lives, God, that we become those who are faithful, that stand alert, stand awake that we would pray without ceasing, that we would, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning us, and that we would also watch for your faithfulness, 
the one who called us is faithful, and surely you will do it. So we bless our friends this week with a week to experience the faithfulness of God. We bless our friends with a week of being awake with joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That we bless our friends with a week where we are every morning experiencing the mercy and the faithfulness of God. So we bless you, friends. We love you. And we'll see you in all the ways we can this week. And we bless you and your families with new morning mercy.